Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 389, should you save for a house down payment or invest for retirement? How much long-term capital gains tax do you pay on a rental property when you sell it after 20 years? And how does a 1031 exchange work? Also, opening a Roth IRA with the backdoor Roth strategy and the five-year Roth withdrawal rules explained. Plus, a couple of retirement spitball analyses. Are you saving too aggressively for retirement? Can you avoid the Medicare IRMA or income-related monthly adjustment amount and high taxes from required minimum distributions? Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions, comments, suggestions, requests, or stories. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. All right, we got an email here. It says, Andy, can you please give me a cool alias? So what's what's the alias what's of the this person? So I came up with Abigail Scott Dunaway. Our emailer is actually from Portland, Oregon. So I looked up famous women in Portland, and I came up with Abigail. She apparently uh, was one of the first people on the Oregon Trail in 1851. Her husband suffered a farming accident, so she ended up having to support the family. She moved them to Portland. She started a women's rights newspaper called the New Northwest. She became the first woman to vote in Portland. So she was a pretty cool chick, so I decided I was going to name our emailer after Abigail here. Okay, a little history lesson. It's yeah. good. Well, Oregon Trail. Right. You ever been on that? No. Yeah, I don't think I have either. <laughs> been near it. All right. Hi, Andy, Joe. Now, I'm 40, and I've spent most of my life on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> most of my life not really paying attention to money or investing. Um, I'm debt-free, but currently only have just over one times my annual income split between the old 401k and my TSP. Base salary is 73000 but I'm currently in a unique position to pick up an extra day of overtime each week, uh, which would almost be an additional $1,600 a month. I'm curious about what my best course of action is in regards to this new money. I'm a renter, and I'd, like, and I'd really like to use it towards a down payment on my first home. But I also know I'm really behind on my retirement savings. Currently, my work takes a mandatory 3.1% towards my pension. Plus, I'm investing 10% into my TSP. They match five. And I'm maxing out a Roth IRA. Based off my current salary, my pension will be around $22,000 a year. Am I too far behind to buy a house? I live in Portland P- Portland, um, with my significant, significant so, other. So... <laughs> Uh, with my so, with my so, <laughs> and our fifteen-year-old pit bull, uh, we drive a fifteen-year-old pit bull. They last, they live that long. Uh, drive a two thousand five Corolla, and I enjoy a hard seltzer from time to time. Or Thanks. cider, cider. Oh, I like the hard seltzer. <laughs> he just cool. changed it to what were, he wanted to drink. You were thinking that I was when being you selfish. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for your help. Okay, let's see. So. Sh- I, I can I can help this. Okay, I mean while well, you're doing that's yours. Okay, um, yeah. So I'll just make a cu- couple comments. So three point one percent towards pension, ten percent plus they match five. So you're already about eighteen percent. We we tell folks they ought to try to get up to twenty percent of their savings. So that's actually pretty good. You might be a little bit behind. I'm not sure you're that far behind. No, Nicole. I don't think she is because let's say she. I bet she's spending sixty thousand bucks a year. Yeah. Right. Right. Because if she's got 73, you pay the tax, plus you put the 10% into the, the TSP, 
That's right. they're already taking money out for the pension and whatever benefits. I bet it's like, I don't know, 55, 60 grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. 55, right? 60. Exactly. Okay. So let's use $55,000 and she is 40 and she wants to retire at what? 60? Yeah. Call it 60, 20 years. Okay. Present value. Um, so we got uh, $50,000 and then we got 20 years and we'll use three and a half percent inflation. Okay. So that's going to, she needs a hundred thousand dollars. Her living expenses will be roughly a hundred thousand dollars in retirement. Uh, yeah. With inflation. Okay. Okay. She's going to get a pension of $22,000 and that's probably not adjusted for inflation, right? but it, it probably would be. But let's just say straight 22, maybe that's today's dollars. I don't know if that's future dollars. Sure. So she needs $75,000. Yeah. You good with that number? Yeah. And Social Security would probably be 30 at least. Yep. Or let's call it 20 even. Okay. Just to be conservative. Yeah. So now that's 55. So she needs about a million bucks. Right. Call it that. In, in that range. In that range. So she's got $100,000 roughly saved. Yep. And then she's got 20 years. And let's say she gets 7% on her money and she's saving with the match 10,000. Yeah. At least. Yeah. That gets her to 825. Yeah. Super close. Yeah. Close. I mean, it, it depends on social security though. Cause if it's only 20,000, her fixed income's 40 and she needs 60. So she need 1.5 with that, with that math. But it's, but I'm assuming that the pension she's in, um, She's got a TSP, so she's a federal employee. Yeah. Right. The pension is going to have a cost of living on it, potentially. Yeah, potentially. That, Social Security is going to be a little bit higher than that. Right. And then if her income is going to continue to increase, and she's going to probably continue to increase her savings as that increases. Oh, you know what? She's also maxing out a Roth. So oh, got to add that in. So she's, she's really close. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think, you know what? Use the extra money for a house if that's what you want to do. Maybe your significant other can help too. Yeah. You're so. You're so. <laughs> Get so on board. <laughs> um, so sixteen hundred. But the problem is, is that she's going to have to figure out a down payment. Yeah, true, right? Because I think she could cash flow. She could get a no. Well, well, she could, and that's why she's thinking she'll save the extra sixteen hundred a month. Okay, but for that, but it's it's it's, it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take a few years. Right. Um, you know. So you, what's that? Twenty thousand dollars, roughly can, a year. You can do what I did. I borrowed money from my grandma for the down payment. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe your parents or your rich brother yeah. or whoever. Um, or you could maybe depending on what um, she does for the government, there could be some, uh, some loan programs, maybe, you know, 2% down or 3% down. We've seen some of that. Right. Too. That, well, that's true. Yep. But yeah, I like the $1,600 a month. I think if you continue to put what you're putting in the 401k with the match with the Roth IRA, and then now you have this extra cash of sixteen hundred. And if you really want to get a house, I mean, yeah, go, I, go I for think, it. I think you can do it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what? Um, I don't know what segment we're on. You're right. in segment four, so you can. Uh, you've got about a minute left. Oh, so I, we got to keep going. <laughs> I can't break early, is what you're saying. <laughs> Anything else to say on that one? I, um, I mean, I so. Personally, I think if people want to own a home, that that's an important thing. And, and homes tend to appreciate over time. You're living, you're living in Portland, Oregon, which is on the West Coast. You know, the coasts tend to appreciate a little bit more than the center of the country, not to slam any, but it's just historically. Nevertheless, all properties have gone up in all areas over the past several years. And that 
tends to happen over the long term. Well, the biggest thing is that if you're going to continue to rent all the way through your life, I mean, it's inflation is going to kill you. Yeah. So you kind of want to lock in the housing. Um, if that's your goal and it sounds like it is, yeah, go for it. I think you got enough money here to do it. The hardest part is the down payment. So you got to figure that piece out. Yep. All right. Congrats. Uh, thanks for the question. And good job, Andy, with the alias. Hey, I hope Abigail liked it. We got educated. Did that take you like a couple hours of research there? She, it yeah, she's took me 30 books. seconds. Like I said, I just searched for famous photo of Portland. Say. Andy's going to submit overtime for that yeah, work. Like, geez, man, Andy wants another $1,600 a month. I think so. Work. Okay, Juan writes in. Um, is this my buddy Juan? No, this is a completely different one. Okay. Uh, we bought this rental property approximately 20 years ago. Uh, we are concerned as to how much capital gains we would have to pay if we sell it now. All right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about how that's calculated. Well, first of all, before you even do that, um, when you sell a rental property, and if you want to buy another rental property for the same or greater value, you can do a 1031 exchange and not pay any tax. It just defers the tax into the next property, right? So as long as once you, once you sell, you have 45 days after close of escrow to identify three potential targets to purchase. And then you have another four and a half months after you've identified to buy one of those three. And it's a little more complicated than that. There's other ways to satisfy it, but that's the most common one, right? If you're wanting to buy a whole bunch of properties, there's different ways to do this. But at any rate, so you, can, you can avoid any current taxation. Whatever gain you would have had just rolls into the next property and you'll pay the gain on the old property plus the gain on the new property at the time that you sell that. And if you never sell, if you pass away with it, it gets stepped up to the next generation and no one pays the tax. So think about that first of all. But secondly, if you want to sell, you need the money for other purposes and that's just fine. Here's how you calculate the gain. You take a look at the, well, first of all, your tax basis. So in other words, your cost base, what did you pay for it? Paid a couple hundred thousand dollars. Okay, cool. And then you put $50,000 of improvements in it over time. So that gets added. So now it's 250,000 is your cost basis, but you got to subtract out how much you depreciated. Depreciation means you can write off a piece of the property each and every year to reduce your taxes. So let's say you depreciated 100,000 as an example. So now in that example, your basis was 250, subtract 100, now it's 150. So that's one part of the equation. The second part of the equation is what you sold it for minus your closing costs. So let's just say you sold it for a million bucks net of closing costs. You sold it for 1.1 million, 100,000 closing costs, just to make simple math. So 100,000 um, or a million, I mean, million dollars net sales proceeds minus 150,000 basis. You have an $850,000 gain. That's long-term capital gain. Some of that could be taxed at 0%, some taxed at 15%, some taxed at 20%. Some would be subject to the net investment income tax of 3.8%. Some would be subject to a 25% tax because it's depreciation recapture, right? Which is uh, on the 100,000 of depreciation. So you have lots of different taxes. You just have to calculate what that would be. And that's actually the first thing you should do when you want to sell a rental is, is it worth my while to do a 1031 exchange and it may not be, maybe the tax is low enough that who cares, just cash out and go from there. Is there any um, tax forms that people get when they sell a rental? 
Um, yeah, they get a 1099 S. So that's that's just 1099 sale. That's all they get, really. Who, who, who? That that's the that would be the escrow company. Escrow company. That. Got it. And but the IRS has no idea what your tax basis is. So you're on the honor system for that. Because you know, when you sell a stock, the custodian's gonna send you the 1099. Yeah. But if I have a rental and then it's like, okay, well, how much did I you know, the, the depreciation when it yeah, no, you know, no, I mean, there's a lot of no, complex really moving parts there. However, if you've been depreciating it over time and you've included the depreciation schedules on your tax return, the IRS would know that, that if they really want to take the time to figure it out. Got it. All right, cool. Thanks, Juan. Uh, it sounded like a simple question, but a pretty complex answer. Uh, that's how Big Al does it. <laughs> <laughs> I make the simple complex. Yeah, that's, it should be the other way around. It but. should be. We do have a guide that can simplify this stuff for you. Learn more about 1031 exchanges and other real estate investing strategies when you download 10 free tips for real estate investors from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to get there. And while you're in the show notes, get your own YMYW retirement spitball analysis. Click Ask Joe and Al on air and send an email or a priority voice message. Tell the fellows when you and your spouse, if you have one, want to retire, how much you'll need to spend in retirement, how much you make now, what you have saved, and any other relevant details. And don't forget to give us the irrelevant details too, like your name and where you're from, where or how you listen to YMYW, your drink of choice, your pet, your car. You can make stuff up. It doesn't matter. Tell us a good story because the show would not be a show without you. And don't forget, we also take your suggestions and requests and comments there too. Uh, we giving one star this week? Not this week, no. Nope. <laughs> he loves the one stars, folks. Those are apparently his favorite ones. But <laughs> no. they don't like how we oh, we're so flippant. The, the, the flippant. Yeah, I was trying. I was because I guarantee that guy talks in third person. <laughs> he's a third person talker, and he was like talking in third person, and I was blowing him up, and he's like, "Oh, we're, I, we're, I was. We're going to have a I was star. explaining this to a family member this weekend, and I couldn't remember the word flippant. Yeah, I said flippant. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, all right. Yeah, we'll keep the stars coming. I don't care what what type. Yeah, be honest if you like us. They're fun. Five's great. If Just you, remember you, that when the, the, the amount of downloads start going down, it's not my fault, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, truly, if you don't like us, let us know and let us know why. Well, we'll try to improve it. I'm looking at Al. We just did the company town hall. He's all excited about input. <laughs> That's what we just said <laughs> to our employees. <laughs> uh, HL and Big Al, question. Am I saving too aggressively for retirement? All right. This is John from Boone, North Carolina. All right. Can we scale back? Let's see if we can scale back here. So he's, he thinks he's saving too much here. Big yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what, John from Boone, North Carolina. I, I like it when we get the question up front. So we sort of know where we're going. Yes. Can we scale back? Uh, stop Roth IRA funding and contribute just enough to receive full employer match? Well, having enough to support our projected retirement expenses. So, okay. Yeah. Little question. Right. Thanks for the question. Now here's the context. Okay. He's very organized. I like he it. He must be an engineer. I think so. Or an accountant. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> just like, or maybe he wants to change the whole format of our show. It's say right. maybe people just throw the question up there. Yeah. And Andy puts it in bold, but it's not the question from right. the, the people. Right. So then I don't That's like true. to read it. It's so Andy's he, question. He could be an attorney. Could be. Yes, this looks like a legal document. 
Here's the context. My wife and I are 35 years old uh, with two children, six and four. As a house, as our household income is on pace to be approximately 185,000 in 2022, I anticipate this will rise to the low 200,000 range in the coming years. Our expenses are roughly $75,000 per year. I would like to be able to increase our annual expenses to $90,000 per by the time we are 40, five years from now. I want to improve our quality of life while the kids are at home and we are young and healthy. This would occur mainly via housing upgrades and or more family experiences, vacations. As of July 2022, we have the following across the account types. So John wants to live it up. Sure. He's 35. He's like, man, I got well, two kids. Why not? Making some good money. Yeah, making money. It's like, I'm going to spend. <laughs> it's like I'm tired of being a popper. Roth IRA, 84,000. Pre-tax accounts, 200,000. After-tax, 12,000. Pension plan, 36,000. Home equity, 125K. Cash, 25K. Did you have that much money when you were 35? Absolutely. <laughs> Way more than that. I did not. <laughs> I was like killing it. That was only a few years ago, but you know. Uh, not exactly. Um, at 35... Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. We max out my Roth IRA, my Roth four hundred one k twenty thousand dollars, sixteen percent of my pay, and get five thousand dollar pre tax match, fifty uh, percent employer match up to eight percent match, four percent. I don't care about your plan. Just tell me what you're saving. Uh, my wife contributes ten percent of her pay into her Roth four hundred three b, and then gets a three percent match. Oh, he is an engineer or something. He's just Don't telling us the rules of his, right, of, plan. his of his plan. <laughs> Additionally, we max out two Roth IRAs, uh, cumulative uh, that is forty thousand dollars in Roth contributions, um, and seventy two hundred dollars. Okay, in here we matches. go. So forty six grand. Thank you. Now That's the it. number after <laughs> like this whole long side drive. Um, I like to continue to work into the fifty eight to sixty range. Sure, it's not fifty nine, John. Maybe 59, 58 and a half. <laughs> Better be 59 and a half. Uh, and once to retire with enough assets to support $75,000 in annual expenses. Drink of choice. Well, high noon. There you go. You like that? I do like high noons. Okay. Never Vodka seltzers. Super crushable on those hot summer days. Got it. Drink those on the old golf course, Al. You do? Oh, yeah. Okay. Got That's it. Nice little beverage of choice. Got Especially it. when you play a little early. You know, right? You're not I feeling like beer. Well, the, you you crack open a Coors Light at like eight a.m. You, you get a, get some some weird looks. That is true. So <laughs> I agree with that. You get a little high noon in you. No, no one cares. No one cares. Got Would it. you judge me, Andy? I was just noticing. I was remembering the fact that so many people have called you snarky and all of that, and how snarky you were being to John. I was not being snarky. Was not being snarky. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> Sorry, John. Anyway, so we I'll we get, crush some high noons with John. Yeah. So we got hey, if, it helps you go if he was my it. friend and he, if he wrote, uh, see, I treat people like I treat everyone. <laughs> this is so cumbersome. I'm like, you can make, make it easier. <laughs> it started out great. Right. It started out a plus and then it just slowly deteriorated from there. So, so let's end with so, the question. So you review our show and Joe will review your questions. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's true. $46,000 of savings. Making 185, probably netting. What do you think? He needs two and a half million bucks. I know, but I'm just going to go do the back of the envelope the other way. So, netting 150, 
So saving roughly a third of your income. Yeah, that's a lot more than you need to save. I mean, we want you to save at least 20% of your income and, and you're, you're 33% or, or more. So I think there's some room here. And I think that's what your calculation is going to tell us. I bet. All right. So he wants to spend $75,000 in annual expenses. So he needs two and a half million dollars. It's less than that because you put Social Security in there. It's probably 1.7. Right, which will happen between 35 and 58 to 60. Yes. I mean, easily. Uh, without, the, the guy's killing it. You're right. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. Do, you hardly have to run the math. Yeah, you're, you're in good shape, John. Two, three. He's got almost, he's got 400,000 without the home equity. Right. And he's saving right. $50,000 a year. Right. Right. So we'll call it yeah, 400,000. Sure. And then um, he wants to, re so what is he, 35, 45, Yeah, let's, let's call it 20, 25 years. All right. 25 years. 7%. Yep. And then I have 50,000 bucks. Uh, future value in that's 5.5. So you're like several 5. million dollars over. 5.5 million. Now yeah. your expenses will be more by then. Sure. I mean, even if it's double, right? Right. So you got plenty. So John, just map this out. Just take a look at your, um, and I guarantee he's a wizard because of how he kind of <laughs> calculates things. Just look at your living expenses of what you want to spend today. Just calculate that out with inflation. Use three to 4% inflation, right? And then that's the future need that you have. Then look at your social security. What is that going to be? Then you subtract your fixed income by your social security. But there's a bridge there, right? Because you want to retire 58 or 60, you're still going to have to wait probably another 10 years until the social security comes in. So your distribution rate is going to be a little bit higher at first, and then it's going to drop down. Just create a spreadsheet and, and, and build this thing out. Or you can go on to several different websites and there's like retirement calculators to kind of give you the back of the envelope. But yeah, you're, you're, you're saving plenty. If you want to tone down and party a little bit and go on family vacations and do all that, I don't blame you. Yeah, go for it. Because I think you'll have more than enough uh, given what you're saving right now. Um, but maybe you, you continue to save what you're saving, but put more into an, a, a brokerage account. Sure. Because so then that's that going to give you, yeah, you're going to have more liquidity there. Right. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Sorry for being snarky. <laughs> I got Bobby from New York City writes in, hey, guys. My drink of choice is Coke with a splash of Dr. Pepper. That sounds absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would agree with you. Disgusting. I drive my wife crazy. Well, that's, that's, that's witty. I like that. <laughs> As in big city, drive shopping cart, no car. I'm 66. Can you tell by my AOL account? They <laughs> <laughs> just have an AOL account. Yeah, I know. Or Hotmail account. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, working and making good change. Um, I have IRAs, 401ks, Roth 401ks, but no Roth IRA. I plan to work full-time a few more years and do not plan to start RMDs until 70 plus. Well, you have to take the RMD <laughs> at 72. <laughs> but I, he, he doesn't plan on taking them until he has to. Yeah, I that, guess that's what that means. That's a distribution versus yeah, yeah. a requirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in regards to starting the five-year rule for future withdrawals from a Roth IRA, ultimately may consolidate all Roth 401ks to Roth IRAs. Since I cannot contribute and establish my first Roth IRA income limits, can I just do a small nominal IRA to Roth backdoor conversion to get um, account open? Uh, stay safe. So, Bobby, 
Um, he's drinking a little bit more than Coke and, and a little splash of Dr. Pepper <laughs> well, when he wrote but, this year. But in, in, um, in defense of this, the five-year rule is pretty complicated. Sure. It's, it's, and it's hard. You, you read it and it sounds like it says two different things and it, and it, because it is because it is right. And so that's why it gets confusing. So let's talk about the five-year clock, uh, five-year clock. There's two five-year clocks, one on contributions, one on conversions. And this is what people need to think about. If you take money prematurely from a retirement account. And so in most retirement accounts, it's 59 and a half. Everyone is pretty much, not everyone, but a lot of people that probably listen to the show is familiar with the 10% early withdrawal penalty. Sure. The five-year clock has to do with a 10% penalty to some degree. Okay. So if you kind of think of it like that. So on a contribution, so you need to hold the account open for five years or until 59 and a half, whichever is longer to get the tax-free treatment on earnings only. Yeah earnings. And that, that's the key, right? So you have a $5,000 contribution. It grows to $10,000. You are 60 years old when you made that first contribution. You have access to the contribution, but you have to wait until age 65, five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer to get the access to the other 5,000. Sure. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Now the conversions is what was kind of this loophole. They had to create another five-year clock for people doing Roth IRA conversions. So if I did a Roth IRA conversion, okay, so I've already paid the tax on the conversion, right? You have to wait five years on every conversion that you make or until you turn 59 and a half. So it's kind of like a back, rule to have access to any of the cash. Yeah. And that was so that you wouldn't kind of skirt the rules and avoid the penalty. And so said another way, a Roth contribution, which is $6,000 a person, 6,500 or 7,000 7, for yeah. over 50. So you make that contribution. I don't care what age you are. You could do it at 22, right? At, at 23, you can pull that contribution out. No penalty, no tax, right? That's $6,000. But if it grew to 6,500 or 7,000 or 8,000, all that growth and income that's taxed at your normal tax rate plus penalty. So that's where the penalty comes in. So um, that's a, that's a contribution. A conversion is where you take money out of your IRA and you convert it. So when you convert it, every single time you convert, you've got to wait five years to pull that conversion out, but you have to wait for the earnings and growth uh, 59 and a half to avoid the penalty. But once you're over 59 and a half, it's totally different rules. Right. Then you just kind of revert back to the contribution rules. Right. And so you look at it and say, okay, well here, I've had a Roth for five years. Then just ignore us. It doesn't matter because that first Roth, the first dollar that hits the first Roth satisfies the five-year clock. Right. And I think part of the confusion is, does a Roth 401k start the five-year clock for a Roth IRA? And the answer is yes. Well, yes. For, for what we're talking about. Yes, for sure. Once you're over 59 and a half, we'll put it that way. <laughs> so, or the Roth IRA, if you have a Roth IRA and you're going to roll the, the Roth 401k into the Roth IRA, the five-year clock still holds true on the Roth IRA. It's going to follow the longer of the two in most cases. Yeah. So, so in other words, you roll the, the Roth 401k into a Roth IRA, you get that five-year holding period when you started in the Roth 401k. It doesn't start over again when you start a Roth IRA. Right. So I would look to make sure that you have, well, I would start a Roth IRA and that's what he's asking to do here, right? yeah. because you're going to put the money into the Roth IRA to begin with anyway. So 
if you're doing um but he's waiting to take rm how old is uh, bobby you don't even know 66 66 okay 66 he's got an aol account here's what you do right you, you set up a roth ira and if you want to do the back door you can you can make a non-deductible ira contribution convert it right now you have a roth ira and then roll everything into the roth ira I mean, it makes no difference. Or you establish a Roth IRA and roll the 401k into the Roth IRA. Sure. Either but way. if he's not going to touch the money for a while, I, I don't. this is all for none anyway. True. So I just think there's confusion when you're over 59 and a half. If you got a Roth 401k that already started your five-year clock. Okay. It, there's only two ways to get a Roth IRA uh, established. You can make a contribution, but you need earned income to make a contribution. If you have too much earned income, then you cannot make the direct Roth IRA contribution. However, you can do an IRA contribution and convert it to a Roth. If Bobby doesn't have any income, then he can just take one of his existing IRAs and convert it to a Roth. That would establish a Roth IRA. It's He's, he's making good change. Yeah. So I'm guessing that means he's making a lot of money. <laughs> also, you can use your spouse's earned income. So that's another approach to do a contribution. So. Um, but what are the goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to understand the rules or are you trying to figure out a strategy on how to create the income or how to, I mean, these one-off questions, I guess, is, well, what's the meaning behind it? Right. right uh, do, do you need, do you need access to the cash right now? Does it make sense to put it into a Roth IRA? Does it make sense just to keep it into the 401k? You can still have access to the money at 401k. You're over 55, separate from service. If you retire, you can do an in-service withdrawal. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that you can potentially do versus thinking about, all right, do I do a backdoor Roth and then move the money into the Roth? Well, what's the money for? What do you, I mean, I, I guess we don't know really what, what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah. Well, I read this is that there was confusion that, that they had to start a Roth IRA to start the new clock because the 401k is going to be rolled into a Roth IRA. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We got Janie writes back in from St. Louis. He goes, Hey, big Al, this is Janie again from St. Louis. You recently answered a question I recorded for you. Thanks. But I've been listening to older podcast in, in podcast 342. I think you said in Andy and Joe agreed that if I have a Roth 401k, let's say for more than five years, since the first contribution, and then open a new Roth IRA with the rollover Roth money from the 401k, the five-year clock does not start over in the Roth IRA. And if we said that, that is wrong. Because if you did not have a Roth IRA, the Roth, the Roth will always have a five-year clock. Yeah. So, and I think I did say that. So first mistake in a decade. I, right. I mustn't wasn't listening to you. <laughs> anyway, here's here's what I like, Janie, and she says, "Hey, Big Al!" Exclamation point. So I say, "Hey, Janie, how, how are you doing?" Oh wow, <laughs> that, that's so bad. Yeah. And anyway, that uh, Janie, that's right. I think I may have goofed that one. So that thanks for bringing that to our attention. Okay, so thanks for clarifying. You guys rock. Joe questioned my character since I rarely drink, so I thought I would tell you that when I do. I really like a good IPA or Pinot Grigio. Ooh, cheers. Right. Jeannie. All right. Very good. Sorry about the confusion. So let's just kind of yeah, let's talk about re recount that. So <clears throat> Roth IRAs, 
See, the Roth IRA and the Roth 401k are two totally different animals. Right. Because a Roth 401k will have a required minimum distribution. A Roth IRA does not. Right. And so when you look at the five-year clock, the Roth IRA has its own five-year clock. So if you have a five-year clock within your 401k and you've never established a Roth IRA, well, then you starting all over, but you can have the contributions out first. Yeah. So depending on how much money that you've contributed to the overall Roth 401k, you could probably still get by and the likelihood of, you know, them finding out what's basis and what's earnings after you rolling into a new Roth IRA. Yeah. And usually see, this is why it usually doesn't matter. Right. So you roll your Roth 401k into a Roth IRA. So you start it. And if you don't have a Roth IRA, it starts the five o'clock, five year clock over again. You take withdrawals, but the withdrawals dollar for dollar use up all your contributions that you've ever made. Right. And so in most cases, there's enough contributions to cover whatever withdrawals you would need in the first five years. So there's no taxes. Now, that's not necessarily true. If you drain the whole account, that's a that's a problem. Right. Um, so, so, yeah. so if, if that's the case, if you want large withdrawals out of your Roth and you only have a 401, Roth 401k and you never had a Roth IRA, establish a Roth IRA, but just keep it in the Roth 401k until, you know, it, you know, until either the five years or until you've taken that, that big sum out, right. That you needed and then roll the rest later. Yeah. Or, you know, because here's the tiered system on, and you tell me how they calculate this. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's FIFO tax treatment. So what comes out first are contributions, yeah. right? And then if you're over 59 and a half, it's conversions. And then from there, contribution dollars that have earnings. So the earnings on the contributions, then the earnings on the conversions. Yeah. So that's the four ways that the money comes out. So who calculate? There's no way that you could ever calculate that. Of course not. I mean, it'd be almost impossible. Almost. And the the brokerage firms are not calculating that. Exactly. How would we? How, how would anybody? <laughs> how would anyone? So well, uh, let's see. I had I had an average IRA balance of, of X, X and 401k. So this and, and from you know conversions, but but I think that I mean the most important thing. I mean, like let's just say you've got a Roth IRA of $200,000, I'll be willing to bet your contributions are at least a hundred thousand for sure. Right. And then let's, let's, uh, t- we'll be generous, gross a hundred thousand. So you roll that into a Roth IRA, even though you haven't met the five-year clock, you can pull out a hundred thousand dollars over five years. No problem. You just can't get the earnings until the five years over. So, and then again, right. If you pull a little, I, I, I don't know how they audit that. So <laughs> I don't either. Um, but I guess the, the point is, is, is yes, if you have a, a, a Roth 401k and you do not have a Roth IRA, I would encourage everyone to open up a Roth IRA. And if you can't convert money, you know, or, or do the back door. And if you can't afford to pay, you know, and if there's pro rata rules and aggregation issues that you're worried about, well, take a, a couple hundred bucks and convert it into a Roth. Start your five-year clock. Everyone should have a Roth IRA with a couple of dollars in it. Yeah. True. And then that satisfies all the other BS that goes along with these all these complicated rules that they put in place to just to confuse the average retiree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if you if you don't qualify for a contribution, then just do a two dollar Roth conversion. Yeah, right. Any and start the five year clock. Well, it might be have to be a hundred dollars depending on what custodian that you use. But right, it's just it's just yeah. something pretty nominal, and it doesn't matter how much money that you have in it. 
just put something in it. And right. then th- there you go. Now you've established it. You established your five-year clock and uh, you're good to go. So then when you roll your 401k into it, um, you don't have to worry about it. So thanks for the correction. Remember that one time when we really blew up that TSP? Oh, I do remember that. Oh my God. We got like 15 different emails on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to link to that TSP mistake, but I have included a guide dedicated to those five-year Roth clocks in today's podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. It's got an in-depth breakdown on how and when you can pull money out of your Roth IRA based on whether you're under or over age 59 and a half, and you can download that for free. To get it, just click that link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes, then look for the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals banner. Download the guide, read the transcript of today's episode, ask Joe and Big Al your money questions either via email or priority voice message, and share the show and free resources. For more in-depth, personalized help, click the Get an Assessment button to schedule a comprehensive look at your entire financial situation. Stress test your retirement portfolio. Find out where you may be able to save more on taxes and get a plan tailored to your specific risk tolerance, goals, and circumstances. It's all at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. I go to yourmoneywealth.com, click on Ask Joan Al on the air. I will answer them right here. Uh, need your questions to keep the show alive. No questions. Yeah, we're, we're, we're retired. We're, we're off. <laughs> we're off. That's good. It was a good run, Al. Yeah, it was. It was a nice run. Yeah. How many years? Close um, to 15. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Wilbur from Nashville, Tennessee. Love your work. Love you, Wilbur. <laughs> First of all, great city. Second of all, great name. Oh, love it. Uh, you folks really put out some good information. My wife and I are 65 this year. She's retired, and I plan to retire in September. We will both be on Medicare after retirement. We will have no pension and other income from outsider investments until we both start Social Security at age 70. Okay, so that's five years. Yep. We have been contributing to Roth accounts since they came into existence and have been doing Roth conversions up to just below the IRMA limits two years ago. Our current Roth accounts are $826,000, 75% dividend-producing equity funds, 25% cash and CDs. Our remaining IRA balances are a million bucks, or $1,041,000. We got the cents, too. Yeah, 98 98 cents. cents. Uh, With 60% dividend-producing equities and 40% cash, uh, we avoided bonds due to anticipating rising interest rates starting three years ago, and then we purchased 3% five-year CDs from our credit union. Our thought was to prepare for this market downturn with the cash and CD bucket being able to carry us for five to 10 years if I supplemented by approximately $36,000 per year in dividends. Uh, we own our house in Memphis, Tennessee, and have a beach rental, North Carolina, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, very nice. That carries itself financially with some leftover that has never exceeded the amount of depreciation. Uh, We own both houses and our cars with no loans and have no debt. My primary concern is what? I mean, what concern can Wilbur have? (laughs) There's no concern. He seems like he's living (laughs) the life. He's got a million bucks in Roth. He's got a million dollars in his retirement accounts. It's like this is like a case design on what to do. It's like... You know, he timed the market. He, he knew bonds were going to blow up. So he got CDs. He's got a beautiful house in Memphis. And then yeah. he goes to the little beach, North Carolina. Yeah, which makes uh, makes money. 
So all good. What is the primary concern? Uh, to try to, at the very least, avoid Irma. That's why he's living the life. Because he's afraid to spend another 50 cents on his health insurance. To have to pay more to Medicare. Uh, and at the very best, avoid slipping into adverse tax situations due to future RMDs. I am sure we are missing something and welcome your thoughts on what we should watch out for uh, in potential gotchas out there. All right. Very good. I'm glad you, you wrote in, Wilbur. Because he realizes, he's like, you know what? I don't want to pay another dime to Medicare. Right. Right. Because it's based on a progressive schedule of your income. And if you do Roth conversions, it's it potentially it's going to put you in a higher tax bracket because you're prepaying the tax to get, you know, a tax benefit later. But Irma's going to look at that or Mama Irma, Medicare is going to say, hey, your income is X. So that means your Medicare premium is Y. Right. And so is this? Yeah. So it's around 182,000 is your modified adjusted gross income for a joint filer. If you keep it, your income below that, then you don't have to, uh, you, you don't have to pay that $170 or no, actually you do pay the $170 premium, but it doesn't go up to 238. So, so Wilbur, I, I will tell you this, it's a $50 difference times 12 months. I wouldn't worry too much about that. It's, it's actually a lot more important to figure out should you do more Roth conversions or not? You got roughly seven years before your R&D. So th- to me, that's the bigger question. Right. And I think that's what he's figuring out. It's like, okay, well, here, I want to keep below that so I don't increase my Medicare premium. But is he tripping over, right, that's dollars what I'm saying. to Six, pick up pennies? $600 difference. I, I get it. No one wants to pay what they don't have to pay. But I think, the, I think you will save more getting more money into a Roth than you will trying to figure out Medicare. Right. Because it, it sounds to me that um, what they spend thirty six some odd thousand dollars, or maybe fifty thousand dollars a year. I'm not sure what what the actual number is, um, but you know, you might depending on what their spending need is. Right, they, they're going to have Social Security at age seventy. Sure, right for both of them. So that's going to be a big number. Yep. And then they have RMDs at age seventy two. Yeah, which right now at a million dollars plus growth could, could be, be a million and a half. It could be yeah, sixty so, grand. Yes. 40 to 60 grand right on top of your social security and then what where, where's that going to put you from a tax perspective right um so that's the calculation that you have to look out for sure and then the added irma so here's the easiest way is that the added irma tax or the payment the, yeah premium we got to pay premium just add that into the tax and so you're looking at like an effective tax right right so Hey, I have to pay this extra $600. So just calculate that as that's an added tax, right? And then look at what your effective rate is there versus what you feel that your effective rate is going to be when you take RMDs. Right. And even with the added IRMA tax on it or added IRMA premium, if it's still lower than where you're going to be at RMD, it's going to make sense to do it. And that's going to help you gauge on how much that you convert. Would you agree with that? completely agree with that. So you, you just treat it like an extra tax and the, and that Irma it's, it's a one-year thing, right? And it's a two-year look back. So it means in two years from now, you might have to pay a little bit higher Medicare, but you just figure that. So, and if, if you do an extra $50,000 and it's a $600 tax, that that's, that's like three, 3%, right? So your tax rate plus 3% in that quick, easy example. Perfect. Wilbur, thank you for the 
email and the very exact numbers that you gave us. Uh, <laughs> that really helps on our calculations. Right. To the penny. That's great. All right. Uh, that's it for us. The show's called Your Money or Wealth. So just how long have Joe and Big Al been on the air? That's in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call us at 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment at a date and time that's convenient for you no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure can help you identify strategies to create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Well, longer if you include well, yeah. um, the we retirement have. radio hour. What was oh, it called? Financial focus. <laughs> is that what it was called? Yeah, maybe. That yeah. was another station, another yeah. another firm. No, no. Focus. No. Fo- focus Financial? No. No. I think it was the Financial Focus. Yeah. That's what I think. Something like that. How long ago was that? That was about 15 years ago. That would have been. Oh, mm, five, oh, six. Yeah. I think you and I started together in 07. Because that, that and you and I only did that for a year together. No, and then yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, late 06, early 07. Yeah, well, you started in 06, and then I joined you in early 07. Yeah. Were you guys as good then as you are now? Oh, it's way better, amazing. <laughs> way better. <laughs>